in your name as one church, we said, amen. filtered in between the last time I was up here and this time I was up here. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Springs Church, and we are just completely blown away and honored that you are here spending your Sunday morning with us. Um, last week, last week we ended our series on real love. We studied the, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and, and we said love never fails. But we said the only way that happens is if we remain connected to the source of real love. If we stay in the vine, that's Jesus Christ. He is our source in everything that we do. And then I started thinking, you know, because my brain works a little bit weird, I started thinking if we leave it there and just say, go out and stay connected, that could be a problem. Because there are, if you agree with me, raise your hand, there are so many things in this world that we chase after that take us away from the vine. Amen? Amen. If you agree with me, yes, absolutely. And so I thought it'd be a good idea. We're going to spend the next couple of weeks in a series called Chasing Carrots. Because it's no secret in the year 2023, in this culture we live in, in the society we we have grown to be accustomed to, that we chase lots of things. We are in this kind of continual pursuit of more and more and more and more. And if we're not careful, those things, those pursuits can take us away from what we're supposed to be doing, which is to stay connected to the vine. So let me pray for us, and then we'll dig in. Father God, we love you so much, and uh, once again, we just thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for all that you've done in the life of this church. Uh, we know that this uh, couple of weeks coming up in the future is, 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 a, is an important message from you, that you have some truth that you want us to know. And so we just ask that you uh, just pierce us with your arrow of truth, that you leave no heart untouched, that you leave no soul untransformed in this time, God. We ask you to remain in us, remain with us, have your presence here, because we say this often, if you are not with us, then nothing else matters. But if you are with us, then nothing else matters. So God, use me however you see fit. Make the words yours. And take me out of the picture completely, God. We love you so much, and we pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And together as a church, we'll say amen. If you're at home, uh, type amen. Um, we do. I, I said, kind of hinted at this before we prayed, that we live this life in the continual pursuit of more. But have you ever really thought about what a big, fat lie that is? What a big, fat lie the enemy plants into our brains. The enemy plants into our brains. If you just get more of that, you're going to be happy. We get more, and we're not happy. The enemy plants these ideas. Well, if you don't do that, something bad's going to happen. If you do get that, something bad's going to happen. If you just do that, if you just chase this thing, if you just forget everything else and go over here, it'll be enough. And it's never enough. The enemy promises all the time that Everything he wants us to be involved in is going to deliver 
happiness and satisfaction and contentment and peace, and it never happens. It never delivers. We're going to spend some time talking about our pursuit of money and, and toys, good things. We're going we're gonna to spend some time talking about our pursuit of perfection. Anybody here a perfectionist? We're going to spend some time talking about our pursuit of approval. That's a big one. We're going to spend time talking about our pursuit of comfort. But, but this week, I want to start with something that's a little bit more in our face, a little bit more relevant in this social media TikTok world we live in, and that is the pursuit of fame. The pursuit of fame. Now, before you start saying, oh, that's not me, that's not me, just bear with me. Open your hearts today and be honest with yourself, and you might find that there's a problem that you didn't realize. And I want to tell you guys that there was a time in my life when I was considered a big deal. I was playing in a band. We were together for like 10 years. We were, we were playing all the time. We played three gigs, four gigs, sometimes five gigs a week. We had crowds who came to see us. We had a regular following. People would come up to me and say, hey, Chris, I'm glad to see you. Are you going to be playing some good stuff? We were the ticket. I was in the limelight. I loved it, and not only that, because we were local, I'd be out at the store, and people would be like, hey, there's a keyboard player from the band, and I'd be like, hey, how you doing, how you doing? We were a big deal for the 60- and 70-year-old crowd at the Moose Lodge, (laughs) and occasionally the VFW and the Elks Lodge. True story, true story, and I love that part of my life, and the fact is, if we're honest, we all kind of like to be in the spotlight. We all kind of like to be looked up to. There's something in us that just kind of triggers that. We all, as they say, like to enjoy our 15 minutes of fame, our 15 minutes in the sun. There's been countless movies written about pursuing fame, being famous. There's been countless books. There have been songs written about it. There's even a song written about a movie about fame, right? I'm going to live forever. I'm going to make it to heaven. going to light up the sky with my name, everybody. Fame, right? That was a little bit anemic. But thank you for your effort. And maybe you say, I'm not chasing fame. But you might be surprised to discover that you are. Because all of us internally have these little hidden, maybe micro cravings for fame. We all want to be known for whatever it is that we do. We want to be known broadly. We all want to be loved Anybody not want to be loved? Anybody walk around being like, I just want to be hated. (laughs) Though that's usually what happens with me. But we all want to be accepted. We all want to be admired. We all want to get credit for the work we do, right? Who, Who likes to labor at their job and never get recognized? Anybody? Nope. We want everybody to know we're a good person. We want everybody to like and love our photos that we post. On social media? True. Maybe you're still saying, I'm above all this. I don't care. I really don't care what anybody else thinks. And maybe that's true. Maybe. It's not you. But I guarantee you it's somebody you're close to. It, it might be your kids. It might be your peers. It might be your friends. It might be people you work with. Do you know, here's some figures for us. Do you know that 30% of adults daydream about being famous? 30% of all adults. 
40% of all adults expect, expect that they will have their 15 minutes of fame sometime in their life. Over 50% of teens in the year 2023 do not dream of having a career, do not dream of going to college, do not dream of making a successful go at being an adult. They dream of being famous, famous. And 20% of those teens believe they're going to do it by being a reality TV star. True story. And maybe it still hasn't hit close to home to you, but in the, in the age range of 22 to 37, <laughs> you're going to love this because there's some of you guys in here. In the age range of 22 to 37, 50% believe your life should be made into a movie. There you go. There you go. All right, who's, who's 22 to 37? Let, let's do the figures. All right, who believes their life should be made into a movie? That's about 50%. See that? That's about 50%. These figures don't lie. I didn't make them up. But one in 12 of you guys would disown your family to become famous, to become a household name. One in nine would give up the possibility of being married and happy with a spouse to be famous. Everybody's looking at you, Curtis. One in six would give up having children to be famous. Now, I've raised three kids, and I have often thought about that, but it had nothing to do with being famous, not any way, shape, or form. I've thought about it, but no. And listen, I want us to be clear. There is nothing wrong with fame. There is nothing wrong with being famous. If you excel in your field, if you're good at what you do, if you're one of the best, if you have made a big difference in the world, maybe you're a big charitable donation kind of person, that kind of fame, that kind of notoriety is almost inevitable. And God, I don't want us to get the wrong impression, God is not necessarily opposed to fame itself. In fact, if we read through scripture, we might even say that God plays a part in certain person's fame. Certain people's fame, I don't know what the right term there is. If we look at First Chronicles, this is about King David. Now, King David was, was, was historically noted as a man after God's own heart. And First Chronicles, we read this. It says, so David did as God commanded him, and God had commanded him to take his army and strike down the Philistines. And it says, they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Now, I'm a little bit confused as to why anybody would be famous for striking down the geezers, but that's a whole different story right there. So David's fame spread throughout every land, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. God, because David was faithful to him, made him famous in the land. Everybody knew who David was. Everybody was kind of afraid of David because he's going out killing the geezers, right? And you know, who's the next? If he's going to kill the geezers, who's next? Solomon, David's son. God said, you can ask me for anything you want. Now, if that were you or if that were me, we'd be really hard thinking about, well, what about enough money to retire? Well, what about my face on every billboard? But Solomon didn't do that. Solomon said, just give me some wisdom, God. Just give me some wisdom. God honored that request. He gave him the wisdom but he also gave him the riches and the fame. Jesus was famous. 
We read all the time in God's word that Jesus would be in this town and the crowds would come to see Jesus because they had heard about what he was doing. They had heard about this new message he was preaching. They had heard about the miracles he was working. Jesus was famous. Fame is not the problem. But the constant pursuit of fame is dangerous to your faith. If we spend our whole entire lives pursuing this carrot, chasing this carrot of fame, our faith is going to suffer. When I was in that band, when I was being the, the, you know, the, the big guy for all the 15, 60-year-old line dancers, um, it consumed my life. It did everything I did. I was either preparing for a gig or at a gig or packing up from a gig or resting from a gig. And... When you're in that spot, it feels good. You get that little rush. It's kind of almost like an addiction. You want more. You want more. You want more. It sucked a lot of time. It was a big priority in my life. And guess what happened when that priority started to be elevating and taking over my life? That was up here, and God was way down here. In fact, I spent very little time with God, very little time. We have to be careful because pursuing fame leads us in the wrong direction. It takes our heart away from God. It takes our heart away from serving God's people, being his agents of redemption in this world, and it points it to us. It focuses it on us. If we're pursuing, 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 the only reason we're doing that is because of what we want, our desires, our will. And it's not like it used to be. Fame used to be something you had to work for. You had to do something. You had to be really, really good in your field. You had to do something significant. Maybe you were the best in your occupation. Maybe you won a Nobel Prize. Maybe you won some award for something you created. Maybe you were a rocket scientist and you actually put people on the moon. Maybe you're a, 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 a virtuoso dancer or a star athlete or you were a singer that could sing better than anybody else. You were a movie star. You were a hero. It used to be you had to do something now. Everybody can dream of being famous. In fact, we got a term for that, don't we? TikTok famous, YouTube famous, and think of all the <laughs> wonderful things that we can look at on TikTok and YouTube. Think of all those things that people are famous for. And I know nobody here is watching it. I know everybody here only subscribes to the Hope Springs Church YouTube channel. And you watch all of our sermons every day, all day long. You're not watching any of the other stuff. And by the way, shameless plug, you can also listen to our stuff on podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Enough of that. But think about all the junk we see out there. Cats. Dogs. People actually do nothing but watch people play video games. I don't get that. I don't get it. They're looking at Curtis again back there. I mean, come on. Watch people play video games. There's good stuff. There's bad stuff. There's interesting stuff. There's silly stuff. It's like a train wreck, right? You want to stop. You want to put your phone down, but you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. The last time I got on TikTok, I don't know anything about TikTok, but somehow I scrolled something, and the first video that popped up was somebody popping a blackhead on somebody's ear. And you know what I did? I watched it. I'm like, this is the grossest thing I've ever seen. Let me watch it again. 
And it's so random. It's so random. There's a woman, I think I showed this video a couple years ago, who does nothing. She's famous, famous for this. She puts bread on the table and smashes her face in it. And people watch. This is the bar that we have set for our fame and our notoriety in this world. There was a guy, and I know I told this story a couple of years ago, a guy named Alex, young kid, teenager, worked at Target. And one day, a girl comes in, she's shopping, he's bagging the stuff, she's shopping, she notices him, she's like, oh, he's cute. She snaps a picture of him. She puts it up on her Twitter account. She said, cute guy working at Target. That was Sunday morning. Sunday morning, Alex had 144 Twitter followers. By Sunday evening, 300,000. By Monday morning, they had him on CNN. We can all be famous now. And if we're not careful, we chase that and we chase that and we chase that. And look, it is possible to build a following, to do good things, to make a difference, but we have got to be careful. We've got to be careful because Jesus talks about certain things. He says that you cannot love God and money just like money is going to get in the way of our faith. He says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter heaven. Why is that? Because we spend more time worrying about the money, worshiping the money, than we do worshiping God. And fame is no different. If we spend all of our time pursuing even that 15-minute TikTok amount of fame, worrying about what the right video is, worrying about what filter I'm going to use, worrying about all that kind of stuff, guess what happens? It takes our focus off the one who matters and puts it on the one that doesn't, and that's us. Fame moves the trajectory of your life. It moves it away from God, away from God's people, and points it towards ourselves. So, if fame itself is not the problem, and we've identified that it's this endless pursuit of fame, even if that means smashing your face in bread, I would prefer oatmeal myself. But Don't you go stealing my idea. Quaker. Quaker, yes. That's all right. Instant's good, too. I'm all right with that. How do we avoid that pitfall of, of that getting into that kind of rat race of pursuing fame how do we avoid that pitfall and i want to look at uh john the baptist today jtb good old john the baptist because john the baptist gives us an interesting uh perspective on fame and the pursuit of fame john the baptist by the way was jesus cousin and john the baptist was a little bit eccentric john the baptist was probably thought of as um a zealot John the Baptist was probably thought of as a little crazy. He lived out in the desert, wore animal skins, ate locusts, ate honey. But his, his, his job in this world was to prepare people for the coming Messiah. And he would say, he would go all over the place, prepare for the Messiah, repent of your sins. He at one time said, I am unworthy to tie the sandals of Jesus. Now, John the Baptist, JTB is out baptizing people one day. And now he had baptized Jesus a little bit before this. And he told his guys what Jesus was and who Jesus was. But he's out baptizing people by the Jordan River one day. And his guys see Jesus not far away. And Jesus is baptizing people too. Now you would think that after what John the Baptist had said to his guys, that they would have just been like, oh, there's Jesus. 
But here's what happened. John chapter 3, verse 26. His guys came to John and said, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone's going to him. Uh, they got a little salty, right? They're like, you know, John the Baptist, this is your shtick. You were the guy who started this whole baptism thing. Why is Jesus up in the house trying to baptize people? And John replies this way, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. John is saying, I am not the one you should be paying attention to. My fame doesn't matter. My stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether I baptize 10,000 people and he baptizes 10,001. He's the one you need to be looking at. He says, "My joy, the joy is mine and it is now complete. His job has been completed. He did what he was supposed to do, but this is the verse I want us to understand. He says this, he, Jesus, must become greater, and I must become less. Jesus must become greater, and I must become less. And this is interesting, because John the Baptist had his own following, John the Baptist had his own brand. I mean, his name was John the Baptizer. His name wasn't John the Blesser. His name wasn't John the Circumciser. His name wasn't John the Proselytizer. His name was John the Baptist. And by the way, here's a cool dad joke. You know what John the Baptist and Winnie the Pooh have in common? They both had the same middle name. I'll be here all day, folks. That's okay. I'll be here all day. But he had, he had his own fame. He had his own brand. Now, you know you all are going to go home and use that same joke somewhere. You know you will. You know you will. Throwing shade up on my dad jokes. That's all right. Let me get back to my point here. John the Baptist had his own brand, his own following, his own fame. He could have felt some kind of way about what Jesus was doing. He could have been like, hey, Jesus, cuz, come over here. Look, we need to talk. Look, I understand you're the Messiah. I understand you're here to save people, but this baptizing thing, that's my shtick, all right? So back off with the baptizing because your name is not Jesus the Baptist. My name is John the Baptist, but he didn't. You see, because for John the Baptist, it wasn't about what he wanted. It wasn't about his pursuit of his brand or his fame or his following. For John the Baptist, it's a question of motive. It's a question of motive. And when we talk about this pursuit of fame, when we talk about is it good? Is it bad? Is it dangerous to us? We have to ask the same questions of motive. How often do we ask that? When we're in that kind of endless pursuit of more followers and more you know, views and all that kind of stuff or, or a better job or a promotion or to be the, the king of your friend circle, I don't know what it is. How often do we ask why? How often do we ask for whom? We don't. We just keep on going. And I want to ask two questions today that help us determine our motives. And I would like us all, you don't have to answer out loud for anything, I would like us all to be completely open and honest when we answer these questions because it will make a big difference. 
It'll help you determine the motives you have for what you're doing in this world. Those two questions are this. Who are you representing and whose approval matters most? And those may not seem like it, but those are very difficult questions to answer if we allow ourselves to be completely open and brutally honest with ourselves. So let's dig in. Question number one. Who are you representing? Be honest, because you're in church. I know what you're thinking. Well, the answer I'm supposed to say is Jesus, right? I'm going to say Jesus. I'm in church. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We say the church answer because we're in church, but be honest. Think about it. Who are you? I mean, we do this in church. We do this dumb thing, right? If I said to you, what's brown, has a fluffy tail, it looks like a, 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 a rat with, you know, fur, uh, eats nuts, buries them in the winter, climbs up trees. We know it's a squirrel. But somewhere in our head, we're like, well, I'm in church, so I got to say Jesus. <laughs> no, be honest. Be open. We want to say Jesus. Yes, that would be the correct answer. But the answer for me is often me. When I ask who am I representing, a lot of times, if I'm not careful, I'm the one. And maybe it's the same for you. We want to say Jesus, but a lot of times it's us. You may not think it, but we ask questions like, what do people think about me? Do you like my purse? I just bought it. Me, I got a couple other ones. I'm like, I wonder if they like my sermon. Nobody said anything today. Do they like Now, don't go saying a whole bunch of stuff everywhere. That's just patronizing me. Did they like my post? How come nobody commented on my post? Here's a big one, right? Do you think I look cool? Do you know? This blew me away. There are 92 million selfies taken every day. 92 million selfies taken every day. All of them fake. All of them something that somebody wants people to see, and then we get all upset when, you know, you, we do it. Be honest. We post something out there. We post a picture, and then we wait like 30 seconds, and then we're like, oh, did anybody like it yet? Did anybody like it yet? And then we get the notification. Somebody commented, and we're like, first thing we do is open up our phone, and we're like, who are you representing? Who are you representing? Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says this. We are Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador is somebody who represents someone else. If the United States sends an ambassador to a foreign country, that ambassador has all the, 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 the I guess, legal right to, to deal with that country on behalf of the United States. We are Christ's ambassadors, and God makes his appeal through us. That means that God's word, God's message of salvation, what we call the good news, the gospel, comes through us, through us, because we are God's ambassadors. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. If we are truly, truly living the way God calls us to live, then it ain't about us. We're repping Jesus. We all should have big old Jesus shirts, right? On our, you know, Jesus on our shirt. We should be out there handing out cards, ambassador for Jesus, ambassador for Jesus. Instead, we're busy building our brand. Does the Listen, I want to ask this question. This might hit close. Does the world know that you are a Jesus follower by the way you live your life? Thank you for being honest. 
Does the world know if you didn't say a thing? Does the world know you are a Jesus follower? You are his ambassador simply by the way you live your life. And I have been awful at this at times in my life. And even when I, you know, I mean, I, I spent a long time running away from God. But even when I decided he was going to be a priority in my life, I was going to come back to him. I was going to devote my life to him. I was going to kind of do what he needed to do. I, I was trying. And I was still kind of one foot in, one foot out, right? One foot in the world, one foot in Jesus' kingdom. I was kind of there. And I was talking to somebody one time. And we just happened to be, and I think it was at work. We just happened to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. And I mentioned something about being saved. And they looked at me. And they said, oh, you're a Jesus follower? They were truly surprised. And I got to tell you, that hit pretty deep. That cut pretty deep. We have been given an immense responsibility as ambassadors for Christ. We are called. We are chosen. We are appointed to be God's representatives in this world. Everything we do shouldn't be about our own brand or our own fame. We should be about making Jesus famous. We should be about making God famous. We should be pointed in that direction, which leads to our eternal living place, our eternal home in heaven. And everything we should do should be geared towards that, not about pursuing our own fame. Who are you representing? Question number two. Whose approval matters the most? Whose approval matters most? Again, we're in church. We're all thinking, well, the answer should be Jesus. I should be living for God. But that's not always true, is it? We long for the approval of people. We shouldn't care what others think. I do. I care what people think, sometimes way more than I need to. Psychologists have actually determined, by the way, and this may or may not apply to you, but I just thought this was interesting, that this desire for uh, approval and fame has its roots in some type of injury or neglect or a time in your life when you may have felt insignificant. Maybe, you, you know, your parents were like hard to please. Maybe they were strict. Maybe they were like my parents. You know, they were baby boomer parents, so, you know, they're like children should be seen and not heard kind of parents, that, that kind of thing. Uh, or, or maybe you have been rejected by friends. Maybe you've been overlooked in relationships. Those things cause us to always seek the approval of people. We want to be known. We want to be noticed. We ask questions like, do you like me? Why don't they like me? Why, what am I doing wrong? What's going on here? I want people to recognize me. I want people to validate me. I want people to accept me. And you might be saying, that's not me, Chris. I truly do not care what anybody thinks. I don't believe you, first of all. But if you don't think you're in that boat, maybe do you ever overcommit when people ask you to do something? Are you one of those people who just can't say no when people ask you to do something? When somebody comes to you and says, you know, I noticed something about you and maybe you could work on this. And you just get all up in that. Are you overly sensitive to little tiny criticisms? Do you fear rejection by anybody in this world? How many of us live here? That is a longing for the approval 
of the world. That is. Paul wrote to another church, a church in Thessalonica. He says, we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Because he alone examines the motives of our hearts. The people in this world are not looking at what your motives are. In fact, if you're seeking their approval, they're probably seeking their own approval. If you're seeking their approval, they're probably lording it over you. If you're seeking their approval, they're probably seeking some kind of fame in some way. But God looks at the motives of our hearts. He says, as for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. I wish we could all be like Paul and say to ourselves, the only guy who matters is God. The only approval in my life that matters is his. Because after, after all God has done for us, giving himself in the form of Jesus to become fully God, fully human, to die on a cross for our sins so that we could be reunited with God and live forever. After all he's done for us, why would we seek approval from anything before we seek God's approval? Last week we said, that we have to live in the vine. We have to abide in the vine. And part of that is seeking his approval. And I don't mean we're working for God's approval because once we come to a relationship with him, we have his approval. What I'm saying is that we need to focus on doing what God wants us to do. We need to focus on living our lives for him, thinking about him, right? There's an old saying, WWJD. Anybody ever heard that? What would Jesus do? Would Jesus be worrying about what TikTok video he's going to post? No. In fact, I'm telling you, when you share that thing that says, Jesus says, like and share this. If you like it, you'll go to heaven. If you share it, you'll have blessings. He is not up there counting how many people like and share the memes. He's not doing it. He don't care. Jesus don't care about none of that. What he cares about is that we remain connected to him and we seek his will. That's the approval we want. God's will and all the fame i've sought in my life was all for my own glory and if you're honest with yourselves if you're seeking that kind of fame of any sort it's for you it makes us feel good it made me feel real good it's kind of like a drug right once you get enough of it you can't get off of it you have got to constantly seek more and more fame more and more glory more and more approval for yourself and it just leads us down the wrong path. I was so far from God. So far from God. But we are not called to be famous. We're called to be faithful. That's what we're called to. When it's all said and done, and we're facing God up there in heaven, he is not going to look at you and say, well done, my good and famous TikTok star. 100% guaranteed that ain't going to happen. What he's going to say is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Faithful. We're not called to be famous. We're called to be faithful. And we may or may not ever become famous. Fame is not the problem. But it doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter because we're not living. We should choose not to live for the approval of people. We should choose to live from the approval of God. We are not striving to become celebrities. We are submitting ourselves to become servants. We are not living for the applause of the crowd. We are living for God and his will in our lives. There needs to be less of us and more of him. Less of us, more of him. Everybody say that. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. And everything we do and everything we say, less about us, more about Jesus. And everything we pursue and everything we desire and everything we attempt, less us, more Jesus. Everything we work for, everything we think about, less us, more him. Less us, more him. And you might be asking, why would I do that? Why would I do that? And the psalmist answers the question. He says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Why? Because of your love and faithfulness. You see, this world and the fame we chase in it is always going to disappoint you. It's always going to leave you wanting more. It's always going to let you down. It's never going to give you what it promises. It's going to lie to you and tell you you don't need God. You just go over here and everything and the approval of people is going to just be a substitute for God. But that is just not true. God will never let you down. His love his faithfulness are never changing. They are steady. They are constant. They are the rock that we can build our lives on. Not all this other fame and junk out in the world. And I got to tell you something. Maybe you've thought about this and maybe you haven't. But all the fame we seek in this world, all the approval we seek in this world, all those little micro cravings for a little bit of time in the spotlight that we humans like to chase after. And you are already famous. You are already famous to God. God sees you. God calls you one of his own. God calls you a child of his, a child of the creator God, a child of the God who out of nothing created everything there was, a child of the God who says, I need humans and I scooped down and he made us with his own hands. That is who is your father in heaven. You are already famous to him. The most amazing love story in all of history, Jesus Christ leaving his throne in heaven, becoming fully human and fully God, beaten tortured, suffered, hung on a cross for your sins. We think the star is Jesus. That's not true. The star is you. If he were to roll credits after that story, there'd be like 15 years worth of everybody's name, and then Jesus would be down there as supporting cast because he didn't do this for his glory. He didn't do it for his own welfare. He, he didn't need to. He's God. The best love story ever written, and you are the star. You're already famous to him. And if you don't know that love, if you don't know that faithfulness, if you don't know that, that acceptance that God gives you so freely, it's called grace. I, I, why are you waiting? Why are you chasing the things in this world instead of going after the one thing that never fails, that is always guaranteed, and that is God and his grace and his salvation through Jesus Christ? We chase after everything, but what we should be chasing after is God. And if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, 
Uh, we're going to do this every week. We do this. I don't let anybody leave without a, a chance to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And so with all heads bowed, I will lead a prayer. And if you feel that calling right now, if you want something that is guaranteed, your salvation, your eternal life in heaven with God, in his love, in his grace, in his mercy, in his blessing, following him, then we'll pray this together. Jesus, I believe you are the Lord and Savior of the world. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross as the payment for my sin. Jesus, I believe you rose on the third day, defeating my separation and death from God. And Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I turn from my pursuit of the fame of this world. I turn from my life that I had before you. And I turn towards you, Jesus. I surrender. Thank you, Jesus. And Father God, for anybody who has come to that place of decision today, we want to give you the glory. We want to give you the fame. And we want to give you the honor. Because it's not my words. It's your words through me. It's your grace. It's your mercy that pulls people into you. And Father, for those may, who may not have made a decision today, but might watch, or watching now from home, or watching in a week, or watching in two weeks, we ask that your Holy Spirit penetrate in the same way, God, that anybody who hears this comes to you and says, I want God's glory, I want God's fame, I want God in my life, I want Jesus, I want to be with him eternally, God. We just ask that your Holy Spirit doesn't stop working, that you keep pulling people to you with your irresistible grace, Father, and for us who may or may not have been followers for a long time or a short time. Help us to see that the fame this world promises never delivers. Help us to see that if we fill our lives with the pursuit of the lies of this world and the fame that it claims to offer, it does nothing but take us away from you and away from serving your world. Help us to every day start with this thought. Today, there will be less of me and more of you. And finally, Father, we just ask that you keep everyone here healthy and safe until we meet again. And we pray all this in the amazing, wonderful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And together as a church, we'll all say, Amen. If you're at home, type amen. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, uh, first of all, we just want to give you some applause. Come on. Congratulations. Uh, we would love to know about that. You can note that on the card. You can come up to me after service. We just want to pray with you. We want to help you uh, get involved with a Bible-believing church that may or may not be Hope Springs Church. We'd love it to be here, but look, we're an equal opportunity uh, church, so we'll help you get involved with one that might fit your needs.